Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast where we talk all things menopause. And today I have with me Dr. Jane Gwynn, who is going to talk a lot about how our sexuality changes and how to retain your sexy through throughout perimenopause and postmenopause so that this time of your life can indeed be the best time of your life. Let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. Gwynn. Dr. Jane Gwynn, who goes by the pronoun she, her, is a well-known relationship coach who received her PhD in human sexuality. She is trained as a professional sex coach and core energy coach. She works to help women and their partners release shame and increase confidence in themselves. Her work is in the area of intimacy and sex, as well as the fears and or abuse issues related to sex, plus a variety of other issues that arise from any relationship. She's the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Too Busy to Get Busy, and the intimacy columnist for Source Weekly in Central Oregon. Jane has been passionately married to her best friend for close to 40 years, and you can find her at howtofixmysexlife.com. We will repeat that, and it's in the show notes. Welcome, Jane. It's so good to talk with you today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. What a fun topic, and what an important time in life to talk about sex. My favorite topic. <laughs> and really, it's it's such an important topic for women who are going through this change of life. And mm. there's also a fair amount of shame and taboo around the subject. And our partners aren't necessarily happy with us when our libido kind of crashes. I've said for, for many years, I've said that women's libido is closely tied to the emotional state of her relationship. And very often by the time we get into this time of life, our relationship is undergoing a metamorphosis. It, it may be changing. It may be that it's not quite the same as it was when we were 20 or 23 or four and hormone charged. Yeah, right. So, so tell me what your, what your philosophy is around as we get into these sort of relationship squabbles, as we try and communicate around not only 
maybe empty nesting or parenting teenagers or parent dealing with college kids or being a sandwich generation in between our older parents and our younger kids, but also as a couple where our coupleship has maybe tarnished a bit. Yeah, it's that's a beautifully stated question, John. The other thing that I want to, the, the piece that I want to kind of that strikes me in your question is the history, like that that we in these relationships, so, you know, I've been married almost 40 years. These relationships have history. And oftentimes the history includes hurt feelings and it includes things that, you know, haven't necessarily gone perfectly. None of us are perfect people because we're human, we're not perfect. And then we've come into our relationships with things that have happened in the past everything I do is trauma-informed and consent-based. And so when we're doing, we're thinking about relationship, it's really important to me that we think about kind of this lineage of hurt feelings, lineage of difficulties or traumatic events that have happened in our lives. And so as an individual within a couple, I am knowing my own uh, experiences, whatever my triggers are, that potentially are, things that might bother me, upset me, my partner, my husband is as well. So as we're in this time, and it's, I love that we're talking about this today because, and if you and I were sitting around having coffee, we could discuss this in more detail, but there's, we personally, I personally am in a kind of a convergence of several different kind of big changes in life. My husband's retiring. I am, we just sent our youngest child off to college. A couple of other things are happening. And so when we have these big movements in our in our marriages, it's almost like the tectonic plates moving in the in the world, and then there's this pressure that builds up. And I think that oftentimes in the perimenopausal period, perimenopausal period, which I'm <laughs> long past, but for a lot of people in this time, you might be empty nesting and perimenopausal. You might be looking at some of these things and perimenopausal. Then. Your hormonal shifts are happening and all these things around us are happening at the same time. And it makes for some very significant challenges in communication, in the types of stresses that you're experiencing in your relationship with your partner. And when intimacy and libido have shifted for you, that place where you might have gone over and over again to find a connection may or may not feel available to you. The good news um, that I want to share is that it is still available to you in a different way slightly. So perhaps you're going to be you're going to be uh, modifying your sex and intimate life a little bit now, but that doesn't mean that you can't nor that you shouldn't that you should and are able to continue being intimate together physically. I really encourage that if it's at all possible for you. And that will help you get through these major stresses during this mm. time of life. So is that more, do you find that your women are finding that more difficult when they're in this stressed place? Or how does one, for lack of a better term, get in the mood when they're feeling stressed and maybe a little underappreciated and certainly confused about where they're headed? Right. Such a perfect question because getting in the mood, it's an interesting, we use those words, getting in the mood, 
uh, for a good reason, because, you know, we want to be receptive to a partner. If a partner makes an offer uh, for connection, for physical sexual connection, we want to be in kind of fertile ground for that. Mm-hmm. But it's also this whole dynamic between us about initiation. So who's making the offer? Is your partner making the offer? Are you in the mood to ask for sex when you're having hot flashes, feeling, you know, boggy through the belly, maybe feeling a little foggy, having this emotional liability that possibly is going on, insomnia, some of the other things that are so common for us during this time period. Not that you're kind of almost feeling like you're not feeling like you don't live in the right body anymore. Like like somebody just stuck me in an RV and I used to drive you know, uh, a Tesla, like what's going on here. Uh, But I think that getting in the mood and being open to connection, when we think of it that way, we think about this is an openness that I'm bringing to my, my marriage or partnership or relationship to allow myself to connect. I'm creating kind of an opportunity, whether I'm so-called horny, uh, which I probably not. But, you know, of course, there's some of us who experience a lot of erotic tension and uh, desire in that menopausal period or kind of varying times during menopause. We can become very turned on. Which, so that may be surprising. We may be just really wanting sex. And then it may drop off precipitously, which happens for a lot of people. So in the mood, that piece really is based, in my opinion, on staying open and connected with ourselves first. Mm-hmm letting go of shame, and then being open to my own lived experience, what's happening in my body, staying connected to my body, and then sharing it with my partner. So releasing these things from the past or whatever's happened, even last week being the past, this weekend, whatever happened, letting go of it, whatever the traumas and difficulties are, opening to myself and then being there with my partner. And that will let me be in the mood for connection with that person when I feel like you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I want to kind of clear out and get present to before I really want to be naked and sexual with you. Mm-hmm. I agree. So you said something that was kind of interesting. So some of us do get turned on. Sex becomes an important part of mm-hmm. our life or our relationship. And yet for many of us, our partners at this time of life are dealing with erectile dysfunction or other heart stresses, other things that may, they may be on medication that is suppressing their libido. So we have Mm -hmm. a, you know, sometimes the mismatch is not, I don't want it. He does. Sometimes it's, Mm -hmm. I want it. He doesn't. So what's the solution there, especially when you're dealing with the ED because penetrative sex just really doesn't happen for somebody who is who isn't getting it up right so if your partner is a male and that person's having trouble with ed which of course is related also to erection and And sometimes medication medication there's all sorts of things that contribute to erectile dysfunction uh, that that a male partner might have and again thinking about this like history that we've been in perhaps it's it's not included a lot of communication about sex perhaps we were raised you know where we didn't talk a lot about it in the family of origin and you know we might have had some sexual shame who doesn't have some of that a little bit of embarrassment but our life has kind of come along and we've had 
you know, a regular sex life that hasn't required a lot of kind of negotiation, I guess, if you will. And now we kind of hit this time and we don't feel really prepared. Here, I'm feeling less libido. You're not as hard as one of my clients said once. I'm dry and he's soft and I don't know what to do with that. You know, and we can't talk about it. And so mm. if they're going to quit and it kind of seems like a good solution because like, oh, well, you're soft, I'm dry. I guess we'll just put that on the shelf. But there's a lot lost when we decide that we're not going to continue to connect because we live so much longer now. If you think about if someone's, you know, 52 years old, their partner's 50, is 50 years old, say, if they, the, that couple may live, I don't know, many decades longer. And there could be so much enjoyment and passion and so much the studies are now showing that oxytocin is a, you know, creates a, a vitality in people that we feel and look much younger and have uh, less health problems in general when we have more sexual connection with partner. And so, you know, it's worthwhile to continue if possible, but it requires conversation, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, talk about like, the your soft thing, I was talking with a client just not that long ago, and she was talking about being too tight, and her, her partner is too soft. And so they now have this problem where she isn't able to receive him, and he's not able to penetrate her. And they both are, there's, you know, if he were a little harder, and she was a little more supple, they would be a match again. But right now they're not a match. And so like this, they are working through some ideas around that. And of course, we don't have to have penetrative sex to be satisfied. That's yeah. not the only option. Very There's a whole so. universe of that, of things to do. So talk a little more about the too dry, the vaginal atrophy issues that we that we really need to be aware of. And when I talk about this, this is one of the major taboos about around menopause is that we just plain refuse to say to people, you know, sex is possible for it to affect your tissues so mm -hmm. much that it's painful mm -hmm. and it may become almost impossible. So talk a little bit about vaginal atrophy is right yeah the challenge there is is that we don't have information that's why it's so important and so helpful Jean that you're having this conversation with me right now it's a tragedy really I think in my practice when a couple who have had some sexual kind of mismatch or you know kind of some challenges along the way and they they finally at some point come to me and they want to work on their relationship. I work with couples and individuals, couples and groups and so forth. They come to me, they, they go through this experience. They do a lot of communicating. They're ready. They you know, they kiss, they have some foreplay and they have um, an attempt at penetrative sex. And she is really uncomfortable. And Painful. Yes. Uh -huh. Let's go all, let's go all the way to it because this right. has been, right. I'm going to be totally candid with my audience here. This is something that I have experienced and I'm still penetrative sex is not something that's possible for me at this point in my, in time. And it's painful. It's not, this is uncomfortable. It's just not possible. Right. So, and, and that's exactly what I'm talking about that when he attempts to put his penis inside of her body, it, she experiences a tremendous amount of burning and it's, you know, not possible to continue or to even receive him for one full uh, insertion. Mm -hmm. 
because people have used the words, you know, like that it feels like like a bottle that's been broken off and that there's like glass on the inside of the vagina being cut. I mean, people can experience extremely difficult sensations and it doesn't, you know, of course this is causes, like you have to stop. You can't continue having sex like that. It's not pleasurable in the least for the woman. Of course, the partner's going to be like horrified that they've hurt you. And, and so here you are in this situation. Here's this couple. They've gone through all this experience. They've talked. They've connected. They've done all the work. They get into bed. They're going to make love. And he, in this case, he's hard, tries to enter her. He is able to penetrate her in this case, and it's excruciating. And so we haven't told women that this can happen if we don't maintain patency. What I mean by that is like openness in our vaginal canal. We kind of feel like, gosh, babies are born through there. That it's going to be elastic and supple forever. <laughs> but that's not uh, what happens. No, estrogen makes a difference. Yes. And it, when we don't have, uh, when we don't receive uh, penetration, we or some kind of containment, which is what I would call it, because it doesn't have to be penetration with a penis. It could be filling us with what you referred to earlier as, um, you know, your Bob, your battery-owned boyfriend, or even it doesn't have to be battery, a battery-operated boyfriend. It doesn't have to be battery-operated. It can be a glass dildo or a, a stainless steel something. There's so many ways to just maintain connection to that space within us, which I think is a sacred space. And it's a space mm. that we, you know, that can give us a huge amount of connection to our own energy and to our own pleasure if when it's held with the kind of care that it that it requires. I mean to tenderness and care and the kind of responsive uh handling that our vaginal vault, our vet vagina really asks for during this time of life and beyond. Mm. And that that kind of brings up another point that I saw in your resume and in your bio and in your, you know, we kind of alluded to it. And for me, one of the things that I found in my work is that as we go through perimenopause and menopause, the big trauma comes back out. Mm -hmm. We may have put it away for many, many years. We may even think we've resolved it, whether it, and I'm here I am talking about sexual assault molestation, abuse, rape, whatever it is, it seems that we kind of went through a period for many of us, for those of us who for whom it seemed to resolve, we went through a period where it just wasn't that important, where we were getting on with our lives. And mm -hmm. then this comes around, this change of our lives, mm -hmm. and it becomes a really important touchstone or yeah. It comes back out. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, John. That's uh, beautiful and really powerful to recognize and validate that you know we're there's a certain taking stock that happens as we shift. We're not cyclical in the same way, so there's a steadiness that is like evolving, and that steadiness allows us to take a kind of a look at our whole selves. I think it's really powerful and very healing for us to think, look at our whole lives, look at the things that are happening today, and how those things are teaching us what we've learned from past experiences, even the horrifically difficult experiences we've had, and how those things can inform us today, and how we can to the best of our ability, 
resolve or let go of some of the traumatic events that are still living in our body and will live in our body, but becoming trauma-informed. And if this is you and you're dealing with some kind of difficult traumatic uh, memory, which you know, honestly, we are dealing with difficult traumatic memories. I, it's many people who work in this field say that everyone is dealing with some degree, but it, depending on you and your experience, finding a, a supportive professional to help you work through that as it's coming forward in your life during this period of time. There's like a clarity during the menopausal period and beyond that allows us to see ourselves differently and to see what's happened and to understand what's happened and to accept whatever it is that we did and what others did in a way that allows us to feel whole. It's a powerful time for us, potentially. That is so true. And this is part of what both you and I work with on a regular basis, where women are coming in and experiencing these things. And they don't know. I think one of the things I want to bring out is that we don't know all the time that this is totally normal. I mean, it may not be comfortable. It may not feel good, but all of these things are are so common and we are just isolate ourselves and think that we need to just get through it all by ourselves where, mm-hmm. you know, you coach around sexual and relationship issues. I coach specifically around how women are getting through menopause and how those physical things are influencing them. And then beyond the physical, how they can step forward into their lives. And for us, we see this happening all the time. And it's important, I think, to know as women, not just that menopause is the running out of ovum and that's what this does to this hormone and that hormone, but that it is super common for us to go back through these same physical and emotional issues that every everyone else has the opportunity. It happens to so many of us, let's put it that way, rather than right. it, no, it doesn't happen to everyone, but it can happen to almost anyone. And it's nothing you've done and you're not mm-hmm. wrong in it. And the point is to bring it into a situation where you can resolve it and move forward whether that's vaginal atrophy or relationship issues that are getting in the way of a decent sexual relationship. If trauma is coming back into your life, these are all important things to work through. Yeah. And I love that the voice that we can find during this time is really powerful, like bringing the voice of the crone, bringing the voice of the wise woman. Um, there's something there that I celebrate at such a level for myself. And I celebrate for everyone who's listening because yes, we're leaving a phase, a time in our lives, but there is something new, this voice, and it includes your sexuality. You have not left that behind. It's still here with you. And it includes the power of clarity that you will get as you go forward. If you allow this to move through you in the way that Sean is, is guiding you. Absolutely. 
Jane, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And I would love to bring you back on the show in a few months and talk some more because this is such an important topic for women is to understand that their sexuality has not left them. They just need to, just as you and I have connected with our own sexuality, they need to, women here need to feel okay connecting to that sexuality, to that libido, however it expresses itself. And so please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you. And all this information will be in the show notes as well. Wonderful. So you can find me at howtofixmysexlife.com. And when you get there, there's an invitation to have a virtual coffee with me. I'd love it if you did that. You just pop into my calendar. And there's also um, a way for you to get the intimacy workshop for free, which is a workshop that's online that you can do, you know, in the privacy of your own home. (laughs) help you talk about the good, the bad, and the sexy without shame. So this is a workshop that'll help you um, to talk with your partner and uh, hold that experience of trauma that you or your partner may have had, may be holding now related to your intimacy and your intimate relationship, and then how to get clear about what you want and to how to share that with that person in a way that makes both of you feel comfortable instead of cringy. Thank you so much for being with me this today, Jane. It's been so nice to talk with you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.